Well, good morning, Haynes Creek. How's everybody doing today? Yeah? All right. A couple of y'all doing well. That's good to know. I get it. It's cold. It's cold. I, I understand. I'm going to move this up because I like to move a little bit and I will trip over these and I don't want y'all laughing at me too much today. Uh, but again, it is, it is good to be with you this morning. My name is Travis. I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. Uh, we are glad that you are here worshiping with us today. Uh, and uh, if it is your first time, again, a special welcome to you. We're thrilled you're here checking things out, visiting with us. I would love a chance just to thank you for your visit, uh, just to reach out and just say thank you so much. If you could do me a huge favor to help with that, we have a card on the table outside as you leave. If you mind just filling that out, uh, just leaving it right there on the table. I'd love a chance, again, just to reach out and thank you for your visit. Uh, we also have a free gift we'd love to put in your hands today before you head home. So again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and we are in the last week. Ooh, that was hot. That was hot. Y'all all right? Everybody okay? That'll wake you up. Better than coffee, right? Last Amen. Week. There we go. Yes, last week of our church. I might get a little excited, Blake. You want to turn that down a little bit. Uh, last week of our, of our series that we've been in, it, it's 15 weeks so far of our series, The Church, The Gospel Made Visible. It's our last Sunday in it because next week, y'all, next week is our launch Sunday, and we are going to launch a brand new series going verse by verse through the book of Acts next Sunday. I hope you can be here. I hope you're with us. Uh, next week. And just uh, before we get into what we have today, I just want to give you a quick update. Uh, we shared this with our members two weeks ago, but I want to make sure everybody is aware of this particular announcement. Uh, so some of you all know we lease these modular units, and the lease that we have runs out in August. Um, and at that point when the lease runs out, the leasing company has told us that they want to uh, increase our prices uh, significantly. Uh, to the point where we are uncomfortable paying that much money for these modulars. Uh, they're working great now, but uh, they are on their last leg, some of them. So uh, we are prayerfully considering exploring other options and places to meet. Uh, so I want you guys to know about that so that those of you that are committed to this church, whether in formal membership or not, uh, can be praying, for one. And then two, getting the word out about uh, we're looking at any and all options available. Some of you all know we, we were talking are looking into Victory Community Church right down the road. Uh, when they sent us back the offer of what they were wanting in that relationship, it would have put us in a really difficult financial place, and it also would have tied us to that building and that property uh, for good, and, and we didn't feel comfortable with that. So we are, we're moving on to other options, but just know we are looking into uh, any and all things, so commercial leasing, storefront options, just know that that market is insane right now, just like residential markets, and the prices are extremely high. Uh, so just keep that in mind. We're also looking into maybe meeting in schools or shared space uh, with somebody else, another church maybe in using their property or uh, really any and all options. So be praying, uh, be getting the word out there. I mean, anybody that knows anybody that might know somebody of a place to meet, like I'm open to anything that's out there. I, I told our members a couple weeks ago that the church I came from that I helped plant, uh, we were a month from our launch date. Uh, in September of 2011, and this was August, and we still had no place to meet. We were going to meet in our pastor's living room, uh, which would have been nice, uh, but that's not the best place to, to start gathering for a church. Uh, where we already had, a, you know, like 30-something people would have been like this in that room, but we were going to do it, um, and, and he just had this random conversation with somebody that he didn't even know, and the guy was like, hey, I hear you're planting a church. He's like, what do you need? He's like, well, we really need a place to meet. And the guy was like, well, I got a gym that's closed on Sundays. Y'all can, can meet here. We've got a big AstroTurf field but they did training, and that's where we planted a church, was on AstroTurf, in a gym, on Sundays, 
Uh, and we were there for a couple years, and the Lord saw fit to grow it to, to well over 150 people, and it was an incredible time. Uh, so the churches can meet anywhere, y'all. So it doesn't matter what the options are, what's out there. So just get the word out, be telling people, be praying for us as we, uh, we go about over the next few months trying to make this really big, important decision. So we'll keep you in the loop. But again, if you know of anybody, if you have any options, uh, let me know. I'll talk to anybody out there. I don't even care. Um, so just let me know about that. And then also, uh, like I already mentioned, our launch Sunday is next Sunday. It's the day that we are celebrating launching on our own a brand new church. Uh, some of y'all know we've been at campus for five years. We're at campus no more. We are, we are on our own. Baby Bird has been kicked out of the nest, and we are independent, and we are celebrating the launch of this thing next Sunday. So church, I hope you're excited. I hope you've been praying. Uh, and with that, I've got, I've got three things, three requests for you. Uh, as your pastor, I'm asking you to do three things for me this week. One, be here Wednesday night for our prayer night. We've been meeting as a, as a, as a group of people on Wednesday nights at 6.30 for the last three weeks, and, and this Wednesday will be our last one. Uh, so I'm asking you, as your pastor, if you can, if you, if you are able to be here at 6.30, join us 6.30 right here in this room as we pray over next Sunday. We pray over everything that's going to happen here. We pray over what the Lord is going to do for the next uh, years and decades ahead through this church. So if you can be here, leave work early. I don't know. Give your boss an excuse. I'm just kidding. I'm not asking a lie. Don't do that. Uh, But be here. If you can be here, be here Wednesday night, 630, right here in this room as we pray with one another. It's been a great time. Those that have been here, I hope you've been enjoying it. I know I've been enjoying praying together uh, building that fellowship with, with you guys. So I appreciate that. Uh, but be here Wednesday night. Second thing I'm asking you to do this week, as your pastor, I'm asking you, be here next Sunday. Be here next Sunday. Y'all, let, don't miss launch Sunday, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, please. You're going to miss any Sunday of the year. Let it not be next Sunday, all right? You can miss the week after, all right? I won't be on to you about that. But do not miss next Sunday, all right? Be here next Sunday for launch date. And then the third thing I'm asking you to do this week, third thing, invite somebody to come with you. Invite somebody to come with you. This is a perfect time to invite other people in. Maybe you know somebody in your life that, that doesn't go to church. Maybe they've been disconnected for church for a long time. Maybe they've been disconnected during this weird season of COVID that we've been in that seems unending. Maybe they don't know Jesus. They've never been to church before. This is a perfect opportunity to invite them. And I promise you, my promise to you is the gospel and King Jesus is going to be lifted high next Sunday. All right, so invite, bring people in. We've got these cards right there on the table at the, uh, the back of the room there for our act series. It's a perfect way. Just You grab that card, you give it to somebody and say, hey, I'd love for you to come to church with me. And look, here, the reality is the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no and you're going to feel a little awkward. That's literally the worst thing that's going to happen. If something worse happens, you can, you can tell me, Travis, you lied, all right? And I'll apologize and I'll help you with whatever happens. But that's typically the worst thing that's going to happen to us is they're going to say no and we're going to feel a little awkward. Let's push through the awkwardness because guess what? They might say yes. They might say yes. They might come with you. They might hear the gospel, and their lives might be changed by Jesus. And that's why we're doing this. That's what this is all about, y'all. So take advantage of this opportunity. Invite. Man, sorry about that. I'm going to get excited today, Blake. Um, but invite. I, I'm hoping that those cards back there are gone and that they're scattered across the city and this county as we get the word out and invite people to come in and join us. All right, so can you do those three things for me? Be here Wednesday night. Be here next Sunday and, and invite at least, at, at least one person. Invite one person to come next Sunday, all right? Let me pray for us, and we're going to jump in. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for 
Lord, how good you are. How good you are to, to see fit to, to save us and to bring us into a community of other believers, Lord. And not just that, but you see fit to, to use us in the advancement of your kingdom, Lord. You use broken sinners like us, Lord, to share your good word, to share your truth, Jesus. Lord, let us not take that for granted. Lord, I, I'm so looking forward to seeing all that you're going to do through this church, Lord. I pray that you would use us in whatever way you see fit, Lord. I pray over this morning, I pray that your word and your name is lifted high, Lord, that we give you all the praise and glory and honor, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going to be today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to hang out in verses 12 through 27. Uh, verses 12 through 27, and we are going to be looking at the very exciting topic of church membership. I know. Y'all are like, wow, really? That's so fun. I know. It's a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, but church membership, it's a big deal. It's important. And, and here's the thing. I've grown up in church my whole life. Now, I, I have been in church since the day I was born. I've been in ministry since I was 18 years old. I'm 35 now. I've seen it all. I've been in a lot of different types of churches. And, and I'm just telling you, we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about church membership enough. I didn't grow up hearing a clear teaching on what church membership is, why we have church membership, what it means to be a church member. So if that's you, if you can relate at all to what I experienced growing up, uh, today is for you. All right, I want to help you out. I want to share with you why we have church membership, why I believe it's biblical, and what the biblical role of a church member is. So again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be. And I know we've been kind of uh, all over the place in this series, and I'm looking forward just to hanging out in one book when we get into Acts. Uh, but we have been in 1 Corinthians a lot. And what I love about 1 Corinthians is this is just, this is a messed up church, and Paul is writing to them and going, look, y'all need to get back to the basics, all right? Y'all need to stop being wild, stop being crazy, stop doing the ridiculous stuff that you're doing, and let's get back to Jesus and his word. And that's exactly what we're trying to do over these last 15 weeks is we've been trying to lay this foundation of, of this biblical church. We want to be a church founded on Jesus and his word. And 1 Corinthians uh, is a perfect book for that. So that's why we keep coming back here. It's really good stuff in it. But 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12, I'm going to read this. And this is uh, part of the larger conversation that Paul started at the beginning of chapter 12 on spiritual gifts and how to use those in service with one another inside the church. So that's where this is uh, coming from. But starting in verse 12, it says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. 
and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, They're kept. Records were kept. You see at the end of Acts chapter 4 that the, the number grew to, there's at least 5,000 men now. Again, they're, they're, they're keeping track of who's there. We also see records being kept of, of care. We see that there was a system for caring for the people in the church. We see that in Acts chapter 6 where the system that they had in place gets broken, and that's where we see the rise of deacons. And we see this in 1 Timothy chapter 5 where Paul gives Timothy, a young pastor, specific instructions on how to care for widows. He's, he's to keep track of their care and who's in his church, who needs help and care in the church. If you don't have any sort of formal way to know who's in your church, well, how, how are you going to know who to care for? Okay, so the records were kept. Another one, uh, process of church discipline. Process of church discipline. We got into this a couple weeks ago when we talked about church discipline. The church plays a role in church discipline. And what church discipline does is, is as the church, we as the body of Christ here at the church at Haynes Creek, what God has called us to is to affirm members' salvation, to say, yes, we're welcoming in, we affirm your salvation, your faith in Jesus. And then when you show and display unrepentant sin and you continue in that unrepentance, Paul says the church is to, to cast them out, which is us saying, hey, you know what? Because of your unrepentance, not sure I can affirm your salvation anymore. Not sure that you're a believer. We can't in good faith affirm that anymore. The church plays a role in church discipline. So they're the gatekeepers, essentially. Now, how are you to keep that gate if, if you don't know who's in? If there's no way of knowing who's in, how, how are you supposed to carry out church discipline? Who, who am I supposed to help hold accountable? Who's supposed to help hold me accountable? We don't know. There's no church membership. So it's baked into the idea of church discipline. The calling and duties of elders. This is a big one for me. And just personally, because as, as a pastor and elder, and I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, but the calling and duties of elders. Look at First Peter chapter 5. We read this several weeks ago when we talked about elders. But again, he writes this. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Here's what I want you to do. Here, elders, here's what you're supposed to do. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Now, I keep, keep in mind, I and mean, we haven't spent a lot of time in First Peter, but what, what Peter is doing in the letter of First Peter is he is sending out a, a letter to a bunch of different churches, a bunch of different churches, and he tells the elders of these churches, shepherd the flock that is among you. Not shepherd all the flocks. He's running the churches scattered across Asia Minor. He could have said, if, if elders were supposed to be in charge of all Christians everywhere, he'd say, hey, look, y'all, watch out for every single believer there. All y'all work together, you're over everyone. But he didn't say that. He said, shepherd the flock that is among you. Your specific flock. That's who you're in charge of. That's who you, you are to lead and to serve and to care for. It says, being over those in your charge, an example to the flock. Again, who is he supposed to be an example to? Who is he supposed to? Who are these elders supposed to be in charge of? Their flock. Their church. 
And again, to, to know who we as your elders are to care for and to love and to lead and disciple, again, there's got to be some clear-cut definitions of who's a part of the church and who's not. We need church membership. Another passage that scares me in a lot of different ways is Hebrews 13, 17. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. So what that means is, is me, as your pastor, as an elder, and our other elders, we are called by God to care for you, and we're going to be held accountable for that. There's going to be a day at the end of my life where Jesus is going to say, Travis, how did you lead the people at the Church of Kings Creek? And I'm going to have to give an account for that. And like, y'all, just, y'all can pray for that. That terrifies me. Right, that, hopefully that will keep me online with Scripture because I want to say, Jesus, I did what you said to do. As much as I, much as I possibly could, I followed you. Amen. That's the goal. But here, who am I supposed to be giving an account for? It, it, am I... Am I accountable for the first-time visitor that comes once and never comes back again? Am I accountable for the people who, you know, maybe come on Christmas and Easter and we never see them again? Am I, am I held accountable for the people who, you know, kind of pop in, they'll come for a few weeks, and then they'll pop to their next place, go there for a few weeks, and then maybe in a year or so, two years, they'll, they'll circle back around? Look, I've been in ministry for a long time. Like, I've seen that happen. I can't even tell you how many times. Like, oh, oh cool. We're back in the rotation now. Awesome. Nice to see you. I'll see you for eight weeks, and I'll see you again for two years. Yeah, awesome. Am I held accountable for that person? I hope not. I hope not. Those people have not committed themselves here. There's no way for me to form a relationship with them. There's no way for me to get to know where they are spiritually. They're not involved in our discipleship processes. They're not, they're not here. They're not, they're not engaged in any way, shape, or form in this church. I, I hope I'm not held accountable for them. I'm in trouble, y'all. If that's the case, I'm in trouble. Your elders are in trouble. But I don't, I don't think that's what the Lord has in mind. I think there, there has to be a way to know who is, who is in our church. Who is here that I am called to care for and disciple and lead. There's got to be clear boundaries. And that's why we have church membership. Uh, another one, there, there's a consistent and committed group of believers that gather together. I mean, you see this at the end of every letter of Paul. It's like Paul's shout-outs. The last few verses are just shout-outs. And Romans 16 is like an entire chapter of shout-outs from Paul. And he's given shout-outs to people who are connected in the Roman church. Up to that point, Paul had not been there. He hadn't been there yet. He had not been to Rome at the time of writing Romans. Now, how in the world does he know who's connected there? He's obviously gotten word of... of People saying, hey, these are the people in the church. These are the people that are part of the church. So we see this pattern. There's a regular group of people in the church. Another one, a last one I'll give you, is there, the one another commands don't make sense without church membership. All right, constantly throughout the New Testament, we see these one another commands. An example of that that we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, care for one another. Care for one another. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, comfort one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. James 5.16, confess your sins to one another. Now look, those are awesome commands. But their primary context is written to local churches. And their, their first and foremost way that these are to be obeyed is through local churches. Now look, as you said, James 5.16, now let's just use that as an example. I'm called to confess my sins to one another. Now, if I find a random Christian on the street, and it, should I go to that person and say, hey, you know what? I know I just met you. Let me confess all the sins that I'm struggling with. 
You know, that might be really good for me, kind of cathartic, get it all out there in the open. That's a healthy thing. But that's going to make that person real weird and uncomfortable. I'm be like, who is this crazy person? Don't ever talk to me again, weirdo. Get out of here. Right? I'd do the same. If y'all just randomly came up to add no, no idea who you were, just confessing your sins, right? I'd be like, it's a some exorcism over here. Please, somebody help us. I don't know what's going on. No, th- this makes sense when it's talking about a local church. And you know me. I know you. Yes, I can confess my sins to you. Amen. Confess your sins to me because we know each other. We're invested in each other. We're here committed with one another. That's the primary way we obey these commands is within the local church. All right, I keep talking about this. I'm going to stop. Uh, those are some biblical examples of church membership. All right, and our last, our third point, and we'll, we'll land the plane here in a little bit. Uh, the last question I want to answer is what is the role of a church member? What is the role of a church member? And look, I think if we're honest with each other, I hope we can be honest in here, I think there are times where we take church membership way too lightly. We, we take membership way too lightly. You know, it, it's easy. You know, it's easy, and it should be easy to join a church. I'm not trying to make things difficult where it's impossible to join a church. I don't think that's biblical. I think it should be easy to join a church, to become part of a church. But it's easy for us as believers to, to walk through that process, to, you know, attend that class, or to fill out that paperwork, or you know, sign that thing that you want me to sign, or, or come to a members meeting to get, to get approved by the congregation. Like, it's easy to do those things, and then, and then we're done. We've done all that, and now I'm a church member, so I'm good. I'm good to go. It's easy to do those things. It's easy to go through the steps of becoming a church member and just leave it at that. And look, I'm not, it's not just Christian individual Christians that take this lightly. Like churches at large and institutional level take this lightly. I mean, how many churches out there, if you were to ask them, hey, what's, how many people are on your membership role? I'm like, oh, man, we got 1,200 people on our membership role. And they're like, cool. So you got 1,200 people coming to church? I'm like, no, nah, I got like 25 coming. <laughs> okay, well, then you have 25 members, okay? You don't, you don't have 1,200 members that don't come here and don't participate and don't engage in the church. That's not membership. That's not membership. But churches will have these huge numbers. So look, we, we, we can all take it lightly, but, but church membership is not, it's not like joining a club. All right, it's not just joining the club and you pay your dues, you come and go as you please, you get your certificate, your pen, or whatever it is, you can tell people, yeah, I'm a part of that club. That's, that, that's not church membership. Church membership is not, yeah, yeah, I'm a member of, you know, so-and-so church. Well, do you go? No, I don't go. Do you serve? No, I don't serve. Do you give? No, no, I don't give. I'm a member. I'm a member. No. No, you're not. That's not church membership. That's not biblical church membership. It is not just signing up for a club. It is a commitment. It's a commitment. And it demands things from us. It calls us to something. Look, I get it. I say commitment, and some of y'all already are like, I don't like commitment. I'm not feeling that. Not feeling commitment, Travis. Why are you talking about commitment? I just, just... why are you making things official? You know, why are you making things official? Why has it got to be a commitment? Why do I have to attend something? Why do I got to go to class? Why do I got to sign something? Why do I got to do these steps? Why, why do I got to do that? It's just, it's too official. I don't like that commitment. Why can't I just, why can't I just come? Why can't I just come and just say I'm committed? Well, again, because, because I'm held accountable for you. All right, so if, you can't just, if you're like, I hate commitments, Travis, I don't like that, so I don't want to become a member, if you can, if you love your pastor, if you care about me at all, 
just do me a favor and become a church member. Just it will make my life so much easier. Because then I know that I'm supposed to care for you and help you and, and disciple you and I'm held accountable for you. So at the, at the bottom line, if you just do it out of a favor for me, I, I would appreciate that. I'm being a little joking here, but but it is a big deal. Church membership is a big deal. It's a, it, it matters. And look, I, I hope by now you're seeing that how important this is biblically. So if you're ready, you know, maybe you haven't been a church member, maybe you're not a church member. If you're ready to, all right, look, what does that look like? Let me give you, let me give you four things to consider as we intend. Let me give you four things about being a biblical church member. What does that mean? What does that look like? What's my role as a church member? The first one, participate. Participate. Be an active member. See, too often, too often we can just be a member on paper. I just call it world. That's a paper membership. Too often we can just be a paper member. We're an inactive member. We're a member in name and voice only. That's not biblical church membership. Inactive membership, paper membership, that's not biblical membership. Biblical membership is active membership. It's active participating in the work of the Lord at that local church. It's active. So the first part of being an active church member, you got to show up. You got to be here. You got to gather. Are we, we, we gather consistently. We make it a big deal. We make coming to church a priority. And look, I get it. Times are weird. All right, I get Times are weird. And I know some of y'all are watching from home and you've got good reason to stay away. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to the rest of us who can sometimes just be like, ah, I'm not feeling it today. Ah, you know, it's up a little late on Saturday. Eh, eh. I'm not feeling it. I just, yeah, you know what? I just, I just listen to podcasts. Now I'll catch you next week. No big deal. No, it's a big deal. It matters. Being here matters. It's a big deal. Make it a priority. If you can be here, be here. It matters. It, it, it is so important. And we've got to make that a priority. We've got to make it a big deal. So we've got to gather. We've got to be here. The second thing about being an active participant is, is serve. Serve. If you're going to be here, serve. Look, at, look again at 1 Corinthians 21. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Jump down to verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. What this means, what Paul is telling us here, is I need you and you need me. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. We all have a role to fulfill. We need each other. We need one another in this. You've been given a role. Fulfill that role. Use your gifts. Use your passions. Use your talents to serve the people at this church. If you're saying, this is my church, this is where I'm committed <clears throat> to, serve. Serve. Because look, if you're not, if you're not, you're neglecting your role. You're neglecting your role. You're taking a function away from the body. And essentially what we've done is we've formed the church in our image. we formed the church in our image. When my kids were, were a little younger, um, they had this toy, Mr. Potato Head. You guys familiar with Mr. Potato Head? What's the fun thing about Mr. Potato Head is you can take the arms and the leg and pull wherever you want to. You can take that arm and you can stick it right in the ear. You can take the other arm, you can stick it on top of the head. You can take the feet, put it in the other. You can do whatever you want to to Mr. Potato Head. You can move those members and those parts of the body 
all around. You can form it the way that you want to. And sometimes that's how we treat the church. Sometimes we, you know, we're, we're called to be the hand. We're saying, you know what, I won't be the hand. I'm, I'm going to take the hand, I'm going to put it on top of the head. I'm going to put it in the ear. I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want to do that, Lord. That's not, I'm not going to do that, Lord. I'm not, no, I'm going to make it into what I want. And what we've done is we've turned church into this potato. And that's, that's not what the Lord has intended here. That's not the body that he wants to create. He's given you a job. He's given you a role. And if he's brought you here, if he's pulled you into this church, you have a role to fulfill. All right, there is a place for you here, especially in a church plant, y'all. Especially in a church. There are some larger churches where, yeah, you could walk in and, and they might not actually need you. But when I say that we need you here, I'm not lying. We can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. We cannot plant this church without you, without the members, without people being engaged. So if you're not serving, sign up to serve. Come. If you're not sure where to do, what to do, come and talk to me. I will help find a place that fits your passions and your giftings, and we'll, we'll find your role here. Because I know, I know without a doubt that if the Lord has called you to this church, he has a role for you. And I will help you find that way. So serve. Look, y'all, the, the reality is the reality is we, we are, we are far, far too new and far too small to have people that are not serving. So if you're here and you're not serving yet, I love you. I love you. This is why I'm saying this. I love you. But it's time to step up. Yeah. It's time to step into the role that God has for you here. So come talk to me. Let me know if that's you. Like, there is no judgment. There is no hard feelings. What I will do if you tell me, hey, I want to serve, I will jump up and down for joy. And like, I don't get that excited. You can talk to my wife over there. I'm pretty even keeled. All right, I'm at like a five emotionally, whether I'm really excited or really upset. But if you tell me you want to serve, I'll get I'll get up to maybe a six or a seven, y'all. All right, that's how much I'll be excited. Okay, that's a big deal for me. The Lord has a role for you here, so we serve. Another way we do this, another way we participate, is we give. We give. Look, the context for giving in the New Testament is is always with local churches. We see it with the local churches. And look, I haven't talked about tithing a lot. We're, we're going to get into it in Acts. We'll talk about gospel generosity. You will see that in the book of Acts. We'll get there eventually. I haven't talked about it a lot, but like, here, here's my view on tithing. The Lord doesn't need your money. The Lord doesn't need your money. We, we, don't, we don't give to a local church as, as a tip to God. You know, hey, God, thanks, thanks for what you've done this week. Here's my tip to you. All right? Here you go, Lord. You do more for me next week, guess what? I'll be back with more. All right? That's not, that's not giving, okay? This church does not need your money. If the Lord wants to keep this church here, he will do it with or without us. He will do it with or without our money. He Amen. Will. It's not, that's not why we give. Amen. We give to show God and to tell God, I trust you above everything else. Amen. My trust for you, or my trust in you for my provision goes beyond my bank account. It goes beyond my job. It goes beyond my paycheck. I trust in you. That's why we give. Giving is not for us. Giving is not for, for what we're doing here. Giving is not for me. It's for your heart. It's for your heart. It's to align yourself with Jesus. That's why we give. And giving is part of participating. Amen. Another thing here is we have member meetings. We have member meetings where we bring things before the congregation, where, where we want your input. It's a way for you to share your voice, to speak into what's happening here, because it's not just about us, it's not just about what's going on, it's about all of us together, doing this together. So come to the meetings, participate, vote, share your thoughts. That, that's why we have these things. 
Another way to participate, connect in discipleship. Look, we've got small groups going on. Sign up for a small group. We've got Bible studies that are launching in a couple of weeks. Sign up for a Bible study. Get connected to discipleship. Again, look, I'm, I'm going to say this again. And it, it, it's, it's out of love. But our church is, is too new and too small to have paper members. And here's the deal. If we have a bunch of paper members, we're not going to survive, y'all. We're not. We're not. We need people who are committed to this church, who are committed and will be active participants in this church. Okay, look, the truth is, the church is its members, and the members are the church. Amen. So look, and here's, look, I'm just, you know, being honest, I'm being real with you guys, all right? This is, you know, just counseling session with Travis here. The reality is, the truth is, how can we expect new people to come in and commit themselves here if we're not willing to do that? If we're not willing to fully commit here, why would any person outside of this quarter do that? We shouldn't expect them to. We've got to lead the way in that. We've got to set the tone. We've got to set the culture. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a culture of a bunch of spectators here. I don't want a bunch of people coming in listening to the worship, listening to the sermon, and then bouncing. That's not biblical membership. I want us to be active. I want us to be committed to this. And look, we need you. That's what I'm saying. We, we need you. And you know, I mean, look around. We need each other. The Lord has called us, has placed us to build this church. Let's do it. It starts with committing ourselves. I gotta pick up the pace here. Second way we are a biblical church member is it, we help preserve spiritual faithfulness. We help preserve spiritual faithfulness. This is what this is what we talk about when we, when we say holding each other accountable, right? We're, we're to hold each other accountable. I'm not gonna read it, but Hebrews three talks about how how sin is deceptive. It leads us astray, and we need each other daily in our lives to say, "Hey, Travis, you're you're straying." You're getting outside of the lines here. Come back. Repent, man. Hey, wake up. You're blind to that sin. You need to repent. Get back here. We need each other doing that. Amen. We need that. We need to help preserve spiritual faithfulness. This is why the Lord has the church be an active part in church discipline. Again, if, if, if there's no clear lines of who's in or who's out, how, how are we going to practice church discipline? But instead, the Lord has called the church. He's given the church authority to draw those clear lines. And to say, hey, I, I know you, and I know what's going on, and you have walked in unrepentance of this sin for far too long, and now the church is jumping. The church is getting involved to call you to repentance. That's church discipline. It's to hold together. It's to preserve spiritual faithfulness. A third way we are a biblical church member is we trust our leaders. We trust our leaders. Look again at Hebrews 13, 17. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Amen. So right away, look, when we say obey and submit, I get it. Those are unhelpful words. But obedience and submission are based off of trust. Based off of trust. If your leaders are biblical, if they're walking in line with qualifications, if they're walking with Jesus, they're following Jesus, they're being faithful to Jesus, trust them. Trust them and follow them. As it says here, it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit that we have spiritual leaders. It's, it's, it's for our good. It's good for us to have this. 
So God has given us biblical spiritual leaders for our benefit. They're to keep watch over us. It's part of our spiritual growth. This is how we grow in Jesus. We all need somebody who is keeping watch over us, who is concerned about where I am spiritually, who's seeking to hold me accountable, to call me back to Jesus when I step out. We all need that. And look, if we're bouncing from church to church, if we're here for a few weeks and over here for a few weeks, nobody really knows us. Nobody really knows where we're at. So guess what, man? I can stray all I want to. I can stray all I want to. Nobody's going to know. That's not good for us, y'all. That is not how God designed things. This is why we commit ourselves to a church that somebody can be concerned for my spiritual growth. And can hold me to that. And can encourage me and love on me and care for me. It's for our benefit. And look, I'm not asking for blind submission and blind trust here, all right? Look, when, you're, when your spiritual leaders step away, when they, when they mess up and they make mistakes, look, that's why we have Matthew 18. You go to them and you say, hey, what's going on here? What happened here? You confront biblically, lovingly. You give a chance for restoration and repentance. You give a chance to restore the relationship. You give an opportunity for an apology. And like, when I say that, when I, when I, you've got to be careful here in this day and age. So I'm not talking blind submission. I'm also not talking anytime somebody says something that you don't want to hear. That, that, just so we're clear, that's not spiritual abuse. Okay, I know that word gets thrown around a lot lately. Just because a leader says something to you or confronts you on your sin, that's not spiritual abuse. All right, it might be uncomfortable. We might not like that. But again, it's for our good. I don't like being called out either. Nobody does. But it's good for us. It's good for us. All right, so... Trust your leadership and, and pray for your, I would say that too, pray for your leaders. Look, we need it. All your leaders here, we need your prayers. Pray for us. And the fourth thing I would say about biblical church membership, commit yourself in membership. Commit yourself in membership. I love what Eugene Peterson says about church membership. Say, you want to know how to find a church? You want, you want to know how to become a member of a church? Pick a church and stay there. Pick a church and commit yourself to that church. Find a church where you're aligned doctrinally and missionally. Are you going to agree on everything? No, none of us agree on everything. Are you going to always like the songs they choose? No. Are my sermons always going to be good? No. Are you? If you're looking for better preaching, there's a million other guys out there that are far better than I'll ever be. All right? It's out there. You need it? Go find it. That's not what I'm talking about here. We're not going to agree on everything, but can you agree on the big stuff? Can you agree on the big stuff? If you can, commit yourself. Commit yourself. So look, if, if you're here, if, if you're here at the Church of Haynes Creek, you've been coming for a little while, and the Lord has made clear, this is the church for you, here's your action step for today. Commit membership. Commit membership. If the Lord has already told you, this is where I want you and your family, commit in membership. It's easy at that point. The hard part is, is discerning what the Lord wants you. That, that's the difficult part. But once he's made it clear, the easy part, commit yourself in membership. And the way that happens here, the first step in membership here at the Church of Haynes Creek is to attend our membership class. And, and the next one that's coming up, you can circle this date, and this is you if you've never become a member here, but you want to. It's, it's February 27th, Sunday, February 27th, right after church. We're going to give you lunch, provide child care if you need it. We'll take care of you, all right? I promise we'll take care of you. We'll walk through all about who we are as a church, where we see the Lord going, what it looks like to be a member here. So February 27th, if you want to be a member here, circle that date. Look, and if you're here, 
and you're just not sure yet, I get it. I get it. I want you to hear from me. Take all the time you need. Take as long as you need because this is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a big decision. I don't take it lightly. I don't want you to take it lightly. I'm not, I'm not a good salesman. I'm not trying to get here to convince you and rope you into something, talk you into something that you don't want. That's not who I am. That's not who I'll ever be. Lord will. That's not me. So take the time you need. Pray about it. And look, here's the deal. At some point, the Lord's going to make clear, this is the church for you. And if he does, commit yourself in membership. Or he's going to make it clear, this is not the church for you. And I want you to hear me say this too. If that happens, I'll rejoice and praise God. And it's not because I'm excited to see you leave, all right? That'll be hard. I want everybody to stick around here, all right? I want everybody to come in. I want all y'all to stay. But here's what I know. The Lord's got different plans for other people. He's got different plans than Travis's plan for your life. Amen. And I also know that his plan is far better than my plan will ever be. Amen. So if the Lord, through prayer, through discernment, makes it clear, hey, I've got something else for you, what that means is he's got something better for you. And that's why I rejoice. Amen. I rejoice in everybody and anybody following God's plan. So I will celebrate with you. If he makes it clear, hey, this isn't the place for me, but I'm not sure what to do, you come talk to me. I will help you find the church for you. That's how much I believe in this. That's how much I love this. So let me know. All right, so as we conclude the series, as we conclude the series, I, I hope, over the last 15 minutes, I, I hope and I pray that you've seen what a beautiful gift the church is. That the Lord in his grace and in his mercy, when, when he saves us, he doesn't leave us on an island to fend for ourselves. He doesn't leave us out on our own to figure this out. No, he saves us in the he saves us into the church where we can have relationships with one another and be committed to one another, to be cared for, to be loved on, to be ministered to and disciple. That's, that's a beautiful gift. God has given us a beautiful gift in the church. And I hope too, I hope, I hope and pray that you, you remember and you hold on to the promise that Jesus will build his church. Amen. That this church belongs to Jesus doesn't belong to me. doesn't belong to you. doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to Jesus. We are in his hands and his care. That's the best place we can be. He will build his church. And look, how does Jesus do that? How does he build his church? How does he build this thing? Through us. Through his people. Through us, his people. Through the faithful obedience of his people. <laughs> And look, this is what we're going to see in a few weeks as we dig into the book of Acts. What we're going to see is the church is Jesus' vehicle to accomplish his mission and advance his kingdom. It's the way he accomplishes his purpose to seek and to save the lost. That's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus is all about. And he's called the church to participate in that. And we're the vehicle he has set up to accomplish that mission here on this earth. That's what we're called to do. And look, so as we, as we set up to launch the church at Haynes Creek, as we launch this thing next week, it's up to us to decide what kind of church we're going to do. It's up to us to decide what kind of church we're going to do. Are we going to be a church where the mission stops? Are we going to be a church that is, just, that is just content with those that are in this room? Where the, the gospel never goes forth? The message never spreads? I would ever invite others into this. Or it's just a nice little country club where we get to hang out and be friends with each other all day long. 
not reaching out beyond these walls. It's not the kind of church we're going to be. Because if, it, if that's the case, if that's the case, we, we should just call it. We should. It brings me to a door to say that. But we should. We are not going to do what Jesus has called us to. We should just stop now. Because if that's the case, if that's the church that we're going to choose to be, there's an expiration date for our church. There's an expiration date. As I read last week, and we had our break, I hope you watched that video, but, but Revelation chapter 2, what does Jesus say to the church at Ephesus? He says you've abandoned your first love. When we as a church abandon our love for God, our love for one another, and our love for God's mission, he says that he will come and take our church away. He says he's going to do that. He promises to do that. So that's an option. We, we, we can do that. But I've had conversations with y'all. I've gotten to know a lot of y'all, and I don't, I don't think anybody would say that's, that's what we're trying to do here. So instead, what we can do, what we can be is, is a church that's faithful to Jesus' calling and mission. We can decide to be a church that is, that is a beacon of light in the darkness of this area. We can be a church that, that seeks to make an impact with the gospel. That, that desires and prays and begs God to use us in the salvation of other people. That's the kind of church we can be. Can we be a church that, that advances the kingdom of God in Oxford and Covington and Conyers and beyond? But some of y'all have asked me why, why I park so far away over there in the back corner, and I give you a jokey little answer. You know what the truth is? The truth of the reason why I park that far away is because I pray and beg God every single morning that he would fill that parking lot with cars. And it's not so that I can feel good about myself and go, wow, look at all the people that came. It's not so that we can make our name great. It's because what those cars represent are people that are coming here hearing the gospel, hearing the truth of Jesus, and that he wants to change their lives. That's why I parked that far away. That's what I'm praying for. That's the kind of church I want to be. And I want you all to join me in that. I want you to come with me. Let's be a church that follows Jesus. Let's be a church that makes an impact with the gospel that isn't afraid of those awkward conversations, that aren't afraid of being told, no, I don't want to come to church with you. Let's be a church that, that loves God, loves people, and makes disciples. Will we do that? I hope and pray that we will. I hope and pray that we will. That's up to us. The Lord has called us to walk in faithful obedience to him. He wants to use us. He says that he will use us. He promises to use us. But we got to take that step of obedience. we got to say, yes, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm coming with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do your work. Use me in whatever way you see fit. So will that be us? Will we obey? Will we follow? I pray that we will. Pray for us. As we pray, as always, every single Sunday, we're, we're going to transition to a time of worship and into a time of communion. And this is, to be clear, this is, this is for believers in the room this time. That's for us. We, we reflect on and we remember and we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. So as I pray, as the band comes up to lead us, believers in the room, I want to encourage you to take a moment. 
<clears throat> spend some time in prayer. Maybe spend some time repenting of sin. Maybe spend some time restoring some relationships. Whatever it is, prepare your hearts. And as the Lord leads, you go to the tables on either side of the room. We've got them over here and over there. You take the elements. You take the bread and the cup representing Jesus' broken body and shed blood on the cross for us. We take those elements. We eat and we drink. And then, church, let's, let's worship together. Let's worship Jesus together. For those that are here that don't know Jesus, I want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm glad and I'm thankful that you're here. I love that you're here. I want you to keep coming. And I want you to hear today that this call to join the body is open. It's open to you. And all Jesus says is all we got to do is say, Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need you to save me. So if you're ready to stop running, if you're ready to stop searching, if you're ready to stop living for yourself and the things of this world, put your faith in Jesus. If you don't know what that means, you don't know what that looks like, please, God, I'll be standing in the back. Please come and find me. I want to talk to you, celebrate with you, answer any questions you might have. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. This opportunity to be a part of a new church, Lord, a new work for you and in your name, Jesus. I pray that we would be a church that walks in faithful obedience to you, follows you wherever you lead, Lord. And I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would use us to seek and save the lost, Lord. You've put us in an area that is, that is desperate for the gospel. You've put us in an area where there are tens of thousands of people that don't know you. Lord, I, I truly believe that you've placed us here according to your purpose and your will to use us to reach out and welcome them in, just as you do for us. Lord. Would we have a burden for the lost in this community? Lord, we have a burden for the lost in our lives, Lord, so much that we just can't help but talk about you, to share your goodness, to share all that you've done in our lives and, and, and invite people in. Would we be like the woman at the well in John chapter 4 when she met Jesus? She runs into her town and says, hey, come, come and see. Come and see this Jesus. Come and meet this Jesus. Would we be those kind of people, Lord? Would we be that kind of church, Lord? Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for your salvation. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor today. Truly, pray.